0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Thank you for listening to a JOYcast from JOY
0: 94.9.
2: You're good to mama Mama's good to you I turn to you Like a flower leading toward the sun I turn to you Cause you're the only one And
3: when I fall down I have to pick myself back About to listen to Stand Up Straight. Um, we have a couple of young guys from Headspace that are going to join us in a moment. We've had a tiny little technical issue. And uh, so uh, we are just waiting for a little bit of a thumbs up and uh, we will be into the show in a second. Um, Just while we're getting things ready, um, Emma and Charlie, I'll introduce in a moment, and uh, they're from Headspace. So if um, you've got any questions that you'd like to ask of the team, uh, you can do that on 0427 JOY 949 or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. So I I think we might... Might do is perhaps we might not even have uh, my fabulous music intro. So uh, you're listening to Michelle Barber, obviously on Stand Up Straight, where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT and I community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue, or introduce a new way of thinking. But most importantly, to facilitate change towards greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. So big thank you to Chris and Cam, as always, telling us about all the goss around the world, and uh, to the lovely Milan, who's been beautifully reading the news throughout the afternoon. So thank you, Milan. And um, I'm a little bit... It's not a normal beginning of the show, so I'm just a little bit flustered. I apologise for that. So I'm joined in the studio uh, with by Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hello. good evening. And, um, as I said, we've got Charlie and Emma from Headspace Hello. and, um, welcome. Good evening. Good afternoon. Thank you. Good yeah. to be here. Yeah, it's welcome. So good to be here. Thanks for, uh, for joining us in the studio today. We're, um, we're normally a little bit, uh, we have a few other things normally happening in the studio. We have a, a lovely musical track beforehand, but we might, <laughs> we might play that randomly in between or something, Andrea.
2: Mm-hmm. Why not?
3: And, uh, we might even do it right now. Oh, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so um, a couple of weeks ago was uh, Mental Health Week, and I heard a lot of stories on the telly and on the radio, and some of the things really, really touched me, and some of the things in particular with struggles of young people, but even an extension of that was the GLBTI young people. So that's why we've got you on air uh, here at Joy, to get a youth perspective and also a GLBTI perspective. So firstly, tell us a little bit about what Headspace is and then what you guys do within that Headspace environment.
2: Yeah, thanks, Michelle. That's okay. So Emma and I are both volunteers at Headspace Hawthorne mm-hmm. um, and we're really excited to be here. So thank you so much for giving us the a chance. Pleasure. Um, but yeah, for those of you who don't know, Headspace is the National Youth Mental Health Foundation and they provide free early intervention services to anyone aged 12 to 25 around Australia. So anyone who's going through a hard time, that might be anxiety, it might be depression, it might you might be going through a breakup, you might just be not feeling yourself. And yeah, you're going through a hard time and you need someone to talk it through. And um, there are 85 centres around the country and um, through our own experiences, uh, we will talk about yeah, our experience with... Um, yeah, being within the LGBTI community, um, what it's like, uh, particularly because the prevalence of mental uh, health challenges are so common, yeah. um, and also why we're so thankful to be able to voice these thoughts um, on behalf of Headspace.
0: So, Charlie, does Headspace offer phone line help or is it a drop-in service? What what sort of help do they actually offer on a practical level?
2: So they actually offer both Um At each centre you can call up and very easily make an appointment. If you call up, you don't need a referral from a GP, you can arrive and they will, you can be assured that you'll be looked after. Um, for those of you who are living rurally and would like to chat to someone, we have a program called eHeadspace. You can go online. If you Google eHeadspace, you can chat to an online counsellor. You can also speak to someone over the telephone. So if speaking to someone face-to-face isn't for you, and that first step is terrifying when you're going through a hard time and you need to speak up. So um, if I had known about eHeadspace, I think it, it would have been awesome.
0: I think it really lends itself to... Um young people today who t- do tend to use social media a lot, and it just is an extension of that, really, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Did you know
2: about eHeadspace, Emma?
1: I didn't know about eHeadspace, but I have referred quite a few parents um, who have concerns for their children. Interesting. So, yeah. Do you have a lot of parents that either drop in or or, or call you or use your services? Do you know? Um, what... I'm aware of is there are quite a few parents that do call through and do even drop in themselves for further information and we do actually have services where parents can come in and meet with the headspace workers first um, to talk a little bit about the issues first to then link
3: their child in with support. What, if you've... Not necessarily facts and figures, but what are the types of things that they're calling about? Is it that they don't know what to say to their children or they don't understand or are they wanting help for themselves?
1: Um, I think it's probably, I mean, I don't work in the centre myself, but from what I have heard, um, they are calling for, a, you know, both. I think mm. I think a lot of the time they're not aware of the um, services that are out there for youth. There's not many. Headspace is a large one and it's excellent. So they come in to get a bit more information and probably to make that first step on behalf of their um, their child,
2: Exactly, yeah. and and we do a lot of outreach programs as well. So we try to get into the community to spread the Headspace message. So, you know, because if the service is there and young people don't know about it, the mm. service is it's, it's, it's useless. So,
3: so how, do, how do you feel to come back to... Um, again, this is my personal opinion. I think that um, you have to heal yourself when you want to heal yourself for whatever it is, right, whatever it is that ails you, so to speak. So if parents are calling do you think that they are sometimes maybe overstepping the mark should they be having the are they wanting to fix their fix their children from their angle or their perspective without instead of perhaps the child or the young person it's is a really not good the question. one, not the one. It's not very well phrased, I know. But um, is it better if it's coming direct from the source, from the young person, rather than the parents? Um,
1: I think it really depends on the circumstance. I think there's probably yeah. definitely situations where parents may step in too soon, but I think, mm-hmm. in the same token, I think it's great when parents take that initiative to look for what services are out there for young people because it's a great service, and a lot of parents won't support. You know, you might find a lot of parents won't actually support their children in accessing services like that. They may overlook a mental mm. health condition. And that's when I say yeah.
2: good on those parents for yeah. you know speaking yeah. up and because, again, that first step is really scary. And so to help your child out and just to show them that you support them and that you've got their back, that is so important, mm. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. So is Headspace a referral service or is it actually a counselling service? If someone drops in, can they meet with a counsellor or are they then... Um, referred on to appropriate help
2: so when you arrive at a headspace center, you will first of all fill out a survey um, which aims to get to know you to get to know your experiences why you're there and um, it's a really friendly environment. When I first walked into our centre, I was like, "Oh my god, this place is so cool! I want to live here." Um, Tell
3: me what what's cool about it. It's just—is <laughs> it this physically what you're looking around at? Yeah, yeah. it's a,
2: it's it's a bit like the joy rooms actually. Yeah, <laughs> <up here. laughs> um, oh. it's just a really positive environment, and in they consult with young people all the time. So whenever they're planning a program, starting a new campaign, or Designing a new center, there is there are young people involved the whole way through the process, mm. and that's awesome. Is that they yeah. say to us, "What do you guys think? You know what it's like to be a young person," and so I don't know. That's why I love Headspace. Do you <laughs>
3: think that I'm wondering whether you think that that's actually what's missing? Is that maybe in life, this is a new age type question, but maybe you guys aren't asked enough about what you want, what you feel, what are your issues. Do you think that as adults, and Stephanie and I. Our parents, do you think that we don't ask enough?
2: Look, I think it makes sense. If you have a service that is targeting mm-hmm. a demographic, it makes sense to include that demographic mm. in the decision-making. Mm. So, I mean, look, it's, and it, it's a mutual relationship. We need the experts who know how to look after young people, but at the same time to really... I mean, I always go back to the fact that what it was like for my parents at my age, it was a completely different environment. Mm. And so because of that generational gap, gap you need the lived experience to know how to help young people that's what i think in my own experience
0: so charlie just coming back to um going into the center so you go into the center you fill in your form and what happens next
2: yep so you will then um yeah chat with the um with the receptionist and they'll try and work out who is most suited to helping you um and again i'm not haven't been a client at headspace so i'm probably not the best person to answer this question But one thing that I feel really passionate about telling young people is that if you do decide to speak up and get help, know that it's not going to be a quick fix and that the first person you meet might not be the person that you get on with and that's going to work for you and that's fine. Give it a few sessions, and you know maybe that's not the right person, and you might it might take you two or three meets to find a psychologist or a counsellor that you really get on with, and that's really common, I think. So don't give up early on.
3: I'd love to um, talk a bit more about what you just touched on then as well. So uh, when we come back from a pretty upbeat kind of song, I think uh, you are going to be listening to Emma, Charlie, Stephanie, and Michelle on Stand Up Straight. I'm so
2: fancy. Hi,
1: my name is Bella, and you're listening to Stand Up Straight with Michelle on Joy
0: 94.9.
3: You are with Michelle, Stephanie, Charlie and Emma on Stand Up Straight. We uh, have two lovely young guys from uh, Headspace. We're talking about mental health we haven't quite got there in much detail yet but uh, about the amazing services and space that headspace provides and um, we're going to learn a little bit more about them as well now emma we've
0: heard a little bit about the services that headspace provides but we haven't actually heard what you and charlie do at headspace
1: That's right. So, um, Charlie and I are both part of the YAG group. So, we are from YAG at Hawthorne. So, each Headspace Centre has a YAG committee. What 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 does YAG um, stand for? So, it stands for uh, Youth Advisory Group. There are a few different plays on the group names from different centres, but essentially we're um, a group of young people aged between 12 and 25 um, and We basically, we can advocate for Headspace, which is what we're doing now, which is excellent. And um, we have a few projects each year. So we run about four projects a year, which Headspace fund and they support. And it's all about promoting... Mental health and headspace service. So. so, what's been your biggest project so far? Um, well, we've only <laughs> just started, actually. So, um, well, what have you got in the pipeline? What, have, what, are, um, some, what are some of your well, thoughts? Well, we actually did have an event for Mental Health Week. We had an art exhibition, um, which was
3: which huge was really success, great. Actually, yeah, it was a huge yeah. success. So. I, just before, do you as the Yags, mm-hmm. do you are you responsible for organising everything, the entire event, or your choice of events is up to you? Is yeah, that what happens? so basically we meet so we started
1: I think we started in about June or July we all came together had a big um, sort of brainstorming sessions where, where we came up with our four projects for the year for our um, for the group and then we sort of nutted out and then we yeah we plan it from start to finish with the help of a few staff members at headspace and yeah.
2: And we had, we were showered with support in terms, like we had a, um, a food truck come down at last oh. notice and they donated their services. We had the oh. art gallery donated Gosh. by Jeff. Oh, I can't remember his surname. I wish I could <laughs> do a shout out for you, Jeff. Um, but he, yeah, anyway, it, it was just amazing the way people supported us and we had an awesome turnout and to know that everyone was there for this cause is really, really warming. It was awesome.
3: Yeah. Was it a fundraiser? No, so um, so what would so I'm trying to get to what's the aim of putting, and I understand yep. a support service, but mm-hmm. so to have an art exhibition, what yep. were you was it GLBTI artists? Was well, essentially, so he- Headspace is government funded,
1: which is great for us because all of these events that we do are to promote the service mm-hmm. and to talk more about that and to promote um, not just mental health awareness, but all the other services that we provide. So essentially the art exhibition was um, just an opportunity for young people to submit art and to learn more about the service and for us to promote the service, yeah. And so,
2: yeah, what we did was we engaged- we tried to sort of reach out to each of the schools in our area and get them to submit artwork, and which is so important to me because I know I'm not alone when I say that I didn't know about Headspace when I was going through a hard time, mm. and I wish I did.
3: Tell me if you did have a service like headspace and you know what it provides to people do you think how different do you think your experience y- your experience been. and your younger years would have been
2: well I guess there are really two conversations that I've had to have in my life so far where I wish I had a support system like headspace um, and firstly that was coming out and secondly that was speaking up that I was struggling, that I was struggling with anxiety and both of them were probably the most terrifying conversations I've ever had. And With
3: everyone or just certain people or was it just your family? It's just or... the
2: first step I think. So yeah. when I hadn't told anyone or had a conversation about my sexuality until I told my mum and my brother that I'm gay and so the great thing about Headspace is that you can go in, you don't have to be, they really encourage you to um, to go and speak to someone if you're just not feeling th- yourself. Mm. If you, um, yeah, really encouraging early intervention because if you can get on top of things early on, it really it can be really helpful for young people.
0: With that early intervention, what sort of um connection do you have with schools because I imagine that's probably a great place mm. and Emma, perhaps you can answer this this question
1: yep um, well our so there are staff so we're, we're the volunteers so we're obviously out there promoting and we do reach out to a lot of um, young people obviously we contacted the schools to tell them about um, the events that we're running but as well as that we've got uh, health promotion staff that work out of the centres that actually go out into the schools and they talk about our services. They go around to the universities during O-Week and things like that. So they're always out there. So I think each centre targets the schools in their district. So they go around, and which is the great thing about Headspace because they're ensuring that you know
2: the schools
3: are finding out which is our target group so mm. yeah. so do you do formal uh, forums or panels q a sessions that sort of thing
2: so um i guess what they the really awesome thing is that they sort of put the opportunity forward for us to have a say in not only all of these events and stuff but also in the policy development in wow. the research mm. um for the it doesn't interest everyone but in terms of having a say in where the funding goes. um, And I'm really passionate about raising the profile of Headspace within the LGBTI community because we know that due to the stigma and the, um, yeah, the bigotry that does exist, Mm. that it's hard for young people when they're confused about their sexuality or their gender. And so... I just think that to have a safe space, you can be assured that if you go to Headspace, whether you are gender diverse, intersex, unsure, you just want to talk it through, you can talk to someone who's going to listen to you and who's going to support you.
3: So is there a specific part of Headspace that's just GLBTI focused? So no, nine? it's all
2: it's all inclusive. So, yeah. And that's a really nice thing, I think, is mm. that um, accepting of everyone. And so, yeah, sort of just to touch on my experience, I actually moved uh, interstate last year to study a uni degree and I really struggled being away from my family mm. and I sort of got hit by a wave of anxiety and it was so hard to know where to go to help. I called the uni counsellor. They wanted me to wait two weeks and I wanted to speak to someone yeah. that day. Yeah. Um, I went to the GP and I was offered a course of medication within like 10 minutes of speaking to him. And I, yeah, I didn't realise there was literally a headspace centre just down the road from my Gosh. uni and no one ever said the word headspace. So.
0: So why, you know, why didn't your doctor know about Headspace and mm. why didn't the university counsellor know about Headspace? That's that's a concern, well, isn't it? Really? Headspace
2: is a very uh, young organisation. So we actually started in 2006. Oh. Um, and so although it has been, you know, a good almost a decade um, that is why the youth advisory groups are so important. It's, yes, and yeah. every, you've got a big
0: job, haven't you?
2: Yeah, and every young person who gets involved in the Yags, they all have a circle of friends. So all my friends now. Um, I don't stop talking about Headspace, I'm sure. That <laughs> I that
3: can yes. imagine you can tell. Yeah. Cause for those of you that can't see, obviously the two of them are glowing and are very, very Very, very passionate about... And comfortable yeah. in the... So I'm going to say you look extremely comfortable in your skin. Were you both always... Or is it the work that you're doing that helps you to have this comfort that you appear to have in your in yourself?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we've definitely both gone through our own challenges um definitely as a lot of young people do and i know that doing this sort of work and other um work with young youth really helps me to feel more comfortable with myself talking about your experiences talk to me
3: about that why does that help you um
1: is it because you're in you can you've been in their shoes so to speak is that why i think it's really good to do something positive about it i think if you sort of wallow in your own um you know your own challenges you can't get really down about it you can sit And ponder what you went through and what you could have done what you should be doing but if you're actually out there in the community and you're chatting to young people that are actually going through really hard times or you know they're It it might even just be as simple as being stressed out with exams, Mm. little things like that. It's really makes a difference for me, anyway. Personally, it really helps me to just help others. I
3: find. Do you find that you see yourself in other people? Is this sort of reflect this mirror type scenario sometimes? I think it probably definitely does, especially through
1: the work that we're doing with Headspace, Um, Mm. working with a lot of high school students, which is where I experienced most of my challenges. And I definitely do see a lot of the issues that I went through through the young people that we see. So it definitely, yeah, I definitely see those
3: sorts of things mirrored in them. So Mm. So how, I mean, we're not talking that you're 10, 20 or 30 years older than these people. You're talking about people the same age as you. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. So what what is it? I'm trying to get to the core of, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if we will tonight, but what makes you not buckle? and f- sort of uh, fall under this pressure you know th- th- this weight of either anxiety or depression versus people that can't rise above it. Can or- I jump in there? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yep. Go Charlie.
2: <laughs> um well if you had said uh 18 months ago if you had painted this picture to me right now I would have I without doubt would have had a panic attack. Mm. So if I and I know it sounds lame and cheesy but I'm so proud of the the stage that I've got to and I think it's living evidence that if you're going through a hard time I remember when, when I honestly felt like I was going to feel anxious forever mm. and I would go to bed and I would wake up hoping that those feelings would be gone and they weren't and I th- I think for me The really awesome thing is that as soon as you get involved with a service, like um, Emma said, as soon as you get involved with other young people who have lived experiences as well, when you share that, you realise that it's all around you. Mm. Um, Everyone is fighting their own battle. But is
3: that scary at the same time if you think that you're surrounded by it?
2: I found it really uplifting because I found the first time I actually went to our our YAG meeting, I didn't talk about my lived experience. And then pretty much everyone else in the room did. And I was Mm. so empowered and so moved. And I was like, wow, you know, this is awesome. We can do this. Mm. Um, And so, yeah.
3: And you felt the same, Emma? Yeah, definitely.
1: I, I, definitely felt the same. And even Charlie and I just before, because we've only <laughs> known each other for about three months, but um, we were just Probably chatting. Even less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just saying how great it is that these services exist. Because for us, um, and for all the young people that we chat to, we know that mental health is seen the same as physical health, which is not hasn't always
3: been. So if you're you that, can't that's forget. a huge generational shift. I think that does that uh, topic needs a lot more time yeah. to discuss. So we're going to go for a quick break. Um, if you've got a question out there for these fabulous young guys, um, send us a message 0427 joy nine four nine or send us an email on air at joy.org.au. And if there's anything at all that we've touched on that's um concerning you or that you feel that we might have um, sort of opened up a door of something and you need to speak to someone, there's lifeline on thirteen Eleven fourteen, and um, Headspace's number is one eight hundred six five zero eight nine zero. And that's for so, the
2: Headspace program.
3: Beautiful. So uh, we're going to go for a break and come back and chat a little further. You're on Stand Up Straight. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Well, Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. You are with Michelle, Stephanie, Charlie and Emma and uh, Charlie and Emma are from what we're learning is a phenomenal organisation called Headspace. Um, we're going to chat to them in a moment. We've had a couple of messages so thank you everyone out there that is uh, probably frantically typing questions for these two. Uh, from Clayton, have a great sh- uh, have a great show team, enjoy and don't forget to grab a photo, <laughs> which we will. And um, we've also had a message in, it seems really crucial for Headspace to have a strong presence at schools, unis and workplaces, etc. Knowing there is something you can turn to without having to jump through hoops would help a lot of people to speak more openly and readily about their mental health issues. And that's from Nelson.
0: And that's such a good point that Nelson makes you know charlie you're obviously very very articulate as uh you emma but there are a lot of people out there who have enormous troubles Mm -hmm. with expressing how they feel and Mm -hmm. and as nelson says to have to jump through hoops in
3: any sort of medical situation is so distressing when you're unwell Mm -hmm. and you don't want to talk and i I, this is shows not about me but i'll just say briefly suffering um mental illness you oftentimes don't want to talk so you it's a struggle to find the right person to talk to let alone someone that you're comfortable with and touching on what you said earlier charlie about you you were di- you know you were you were given drugs within you know 10 seconds flat the thing that i liked that you said about headspace is that you can go there and you might not get the right person because i think you have to make a connection often if you're talking about your mental health because you do feel alone you feel lonely and you feel that often no one understands at all what is going on in your head so to Get the right connection with a person, I think, is really, really vital. So I like the what what you you said before about people persisting with finding the right person. Yeah, yeah,
2: and I think it's also probably important to remind people that it's not just mental health that Headspace supports young people with; it's also drug and alcohol support, uh, school and study support. So if you're just stressed about your exams and you need some. Um, Support at that time of the year But also vocational So if you're having trouble finding work Or somewhere to live um, And also sexual health So you can go into a centre You can meet a GP You don't need a referral And it's free
0: So whose initiative was Headspace originally? Yeah. Because it is a fantastic organisation, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is just awesome. Um, and just exactly, who was the reader that I really liked that was, what that person said? Uh, Nelson? Nelson. Nelson, you're a legend. Because and in my eyes, that is exactly what Headspace aims to tackle and it's mm. going to be a journey. I mean, we, as I said, 2006, it's been about nine years now, but that's exactly what it aims to do. It aims to provide one place where a young person can go and all of that hard work is done for you. So you don't mm-hmm. have to find the psychologist. They'll find someone who's suited to you in, who's ex- exp- who's an expert in that area. They will, f- like, you don't need a referral, no going to the GP. And all of the GPs that I've met so far from Headspace are so cool. They're mm-hmm. all very youth-friendly. And... Um, it's a, it's a one-stop shop.
3: I was going to say that, nothing <laughs> and I've been valued Headspace, oh no, but, I it said is, it. but is that not the ultimate? That, is, that yep. is the ultimate aim, isn't it? I want to go back to something that you said before we had the break, Emma, about th- mental health is viewed much more so now the same as physical yep. health. And I think that that's the switch people have to make in their brain and their attitude mm-hmm. toward mental health. I didn't... If I fall over and break my arm, it was, also, it was not my fault, and I, it's not my fault if I have mental illness either. And I should be allowed to have the same attention and the same support, the same... Empathy. Exactly. Empathy, everything,
1: yeah. yeah. I think people feel with mental health issues they have to justify their issue more uh, that's that's what i've experienced mm. anyway i feel i think just as you touched on breaking your arm something something as simple as that someone's going to visit you people are going yeah. to call check in on you mm. you know little things or if you're going through a physical illness they're going to congratulate you at the end for getting through mm. that's there's not many instances where people do that
3: if you're going through a mental health issue which do is really think, sad is it because people do, if they say how are you do you think or if they say oh, how are you doing today mm. Maybe they don't really want to hear the answer. Maybe they don't want to hear the answer because then they would have to address it or they would have to offer support and they might not know how to or want to.
2: And, yeah, one of the... So I should also mention that I'm also on the Youth National Reference Group, so we're both members at Headspace Hawthorne, but... yeah, which is really exciting. And one of, um, Sarah, one of the girls there, she actually said to me when I spoke to her the other day, How's your mental health? And I love that. Oh, I love that yeah. too. She didn't say, How are you? Because yeah. everyone always says, Good, even if they're having an awful day. Um, yeah. I know I'm guilty of that. And she said, How's your mental health? And I said, Thank you so much for asking because I wish more people did that. Yeah.
3: Well, I made a, con- after mental health week, which was, what, about four weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, I think. And I made a decision that if I, and again this shows not about me tonight but i made the decision if i was not coping well and i felt low or flat or that gray cloud over me i felt that i could say to people you know i'm really not having a good mental health day today and i'm sorry or i'm sorry if i'm not switched on or i'm sorry Mm. if i'm pulling away whatever because it also gives somebody um an opportunity to support you if they want Mm -hmm. it also helps people to understand that life isn't just always happy and fluffy and glitter and you know what i mean except when you walk into joy or headspace you know (laughs) you know but um i think it's really really important for us and the stigma is something that um and we're shaking our heads this is the hurdle isn't it stigma Charlie looks like he's angry when I mention that word (laughs) stigma. Yeah, Yeah? don't
2: get me started. I mean, I went to an all boys school, um, which was awesome, but the challenges also come with that that um, that environment where you know when you've got a a massive group of boys together, we all want to be tough, we all want to be manly, and that that idea that you know you've got to take it on the chin and move on. I think we're doing an amazing job at um, getting beyond that. But and uh, and I thank all of my friends for being so supportive as well um but i think young men particularly struggle to speak up and i honestly see it as the most courageous thing you can do i agree um when you're going through a hard time and as you said emma because you can't see it you need it's it's really hard you've got to make that step to say something because someone can't say you know hey i can it's easy to hide it it's easy to put on a smile and um
0: i think and particularly so for boys who tend to be a little bit quieter Mm. than girls in expressing their emotions so um exactly you know if you don't go looking for it if you don't know what to look for then you can easily fly under the radar with with your problems as as a young man
3: so what's one of the what's the biggest hurdle to dispel this stigma what do we do is it just like this what we're doing talking
1: i think it is about talking and i think it is how how you mentioned you know mental health week you felt better just yourself to mm. talk about it more and there's RUAK okay Day, there's these great yeah. initiatives out there and there's great organisations such as Headspace and I think it's just more about that, just getting out there and talking about it. I think it's as simple as that to be honest. So, mm.
2: And something that ha- really helped me as well is the people that have spoken about their own experiences publicly, people who speak up because, I mean, if we continue to hide... Um, you know, hide our how our mental struggles, then the stigma is going to stay there. so mm. um, and someone said to me the other day, which I really liked. we know we know that suicide is the leading cause of death of young Australians, but it's not mental illness that's that's the cause. it is the stigma attached to it. So if we can tackle the stigma and everyone going through a hard time knows that there's hope and that they can get through it, and that there are people there who are going to support you along the way. I think we're halfway there. So. Mm.
3: Just on that, um, if people are needing support, even right now, if there's somebody that they need to talk to, there's Lifeline, which is thirteen eleven fourteen, and there. Lifeline is the service that is probably like, well it is like no other so um, there's people there to take your calls 24-7. We've had another couple of messages in so thank you. Um, One from Stephen. Such amazing young people doing a very much needed job. Have worked with a few people from Headspace and they do incredible things. That's from Stephen so thank you Stephen. And from Clayton. Clayton. Great show everyone. It is wonderful to have young people involved in such amazing work. Keep it up. We are the the real we are realising the importance of mental health is is so is just I'm sorry, sorry, so need just in young people of getting on with education let alone the rest of their life okay so that's Clayton um, is a primary teacher and um, a primary school teacher and I know that uh, Mental health, I think, is one of those things that uh, Clayton and I have talked about and he um, co-hosts um, Stand Up Straight as well. Mental health is something that I think that we need to constantly talk about from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering whether... do you, you, you mentioned, I think, from 12 years old mm-hmm. that they're involved in Headspace. Yeah. How, what kind of... How do you treat a 12-year-old that might walk in the door or how do you talk to them? Or is it level playing field? doesn't matter. I, I guess it's it's sort of hard
1: for us to comment on that, not being the consultant ourselves. But um,
2: well, I guess that's the ultimate dream, isn't it? Yeah that, that, yeah. that they think, you know, I just wish, and I've heard people say this before, but you shouldn't see seeing, speaking to someone about your mental health that differently to going to a GP because yeah. you've got a cold, you know. Mm. it's. Um, I think that would be a pretty cool outcome. Mm. Um, but on the topic, I think that it's so important as well to engage in this these issues in at, at an early stage in primary school I think there needs to be education at a primary school level about self-care about uh, mental illness and so that people are able to recognize it not only in their sel- in mm-hmm. their self themselves excuse me but in the people around them and what to do if your friend's going through a hard time because I know most of us want to help but it's often hard to know how to have the conversation yep.
0: so let's come back to that can you give me some of the indicators? Let's say you've got a friend, you, you're worried about your friend. What, what are you looking for with someone who has got mm. a oh, great problem? <laughs> a great question.
2: No, it is a really good question. Mm. And it's hard because, um, I mean, everyone's experience is different. As yeah. you said before, Michelle, I am generally a very um, outward-spoken person. I'm um, a pretty confident person and I, I love talking to people, but still having that conversation was so hard it brought me to tears so um I can't imagine what it's like for the introvert because um particularly yeah I, I find that really I think a hard a few to answer. good
1: things to sort of look out for is anyone that sort of I think a big thing is the change in mood if you're especially for friends you're spending every day with your this is for youth specific mm. especially in schools you're spending every day with your friends you can I'm Pretty sure most of the time you'd be able to definitely see a change in someone's mood, whether that be they're being more reserved or they're being more extroverted, as Charlie said, a change in mood or they're they're shying away, they yeah, losing love. interest in their not you know engaging. exercising, anything, anything like that. not I,
2: Coming to school, yeah,
1: anything like that. I think it's just great to sort of bring up the "Are you okay?" Simple things like that. If but you I can. might also
2: add just there some people are very good at hiding it and so yes. sometimes you've just got to ask the question and say, yeah. how are things with you? And they'll say good and be like, but no, how are they really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know I was good at it. I, could, I can put on a smile. Because you
3: do. You put that facade yeah. on. I know. Mm-hmm. I'd love to come back and um, might get a little bit of advice from these young slash wise uh, folks in the studio. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9.
2: You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my
3: mum. That's uh, (laughs) the lovely Nelson. (laughs) Um, Is that really your son? That's so
2: cool.
3: Um, (laughs) We have the very bubbly and effervescent Emma and Charlie in the studio with us from Headspace. Fabulous, fabulous. Do you know what? As a mum, I love seeing and hearing and being involved with young people that have a positive outlook, that are energetic, that give back to a community. And I think... Um, that's probably the key to our future. That's all, that's all I want to say. But anyway, um, so um, we're nearly at the top of the hour, and there's so many more questions that I want to ask. But what do you, what are the biggest concerns? Do you think or issues that are facing GLBTI specifically GLBTI young people now? What's missing? What do they need? What's the what? What are the issues?
2: Where what pops into my mind straight away is that we need to start in schools. And, look, I acknowledge that not everyone is at school, so it's not the be-all and end-all, but I think it's a really good place to start. I think that education in schools, be it sex education, be <laughs> it life education, it needs to take into into account that not all people are heterosexual. So, I mean, from my experience, I never was once taught about sexual education uh, outside of the heterosexual Area And so I think it's so important, not only so that um, same sex attracted people know what how to be safe, but also it's that's what's going to really help to tackle the stigma, I think, is that to say, look, you know, you're no different. Mm -hmm. You deserve you have the same right.
3: And and with the, to me, what that does, it sends this subliminal message that you are not as important as my straight daughter, and my straight son. Your your sexual needs or habits or whatever is not as important. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrible message to send. I don't believe it's intentional, so to speak, but it's a horrible message to send.
0: But it is common sense. You oh. know, with HIV on the increase in young gay males, you know they should they must be teaching. Mm. safe sex practices in schools as Mm. as part
3: of the um, sex ed curriculum. Did you ever ask your schools, you know, what about us or or anything, you know?
2: I actually didn't come out until I was finished school, so no, I didn't. Do you think Um, you would have? No, I no. wouldn't
3: have. I have.
0: I have asked one of my have son's you? schools about this se- sex they take ed it? program, and I said, "Does it include?" And the principal said, "That's a very good question. Uh, I will look into that, and I will, oh. you know, mm-hmm. come back to you." And, and you know, so, so then I quote my stats, and you know, give him all the reasons <laughs> why.
3: But but um, you know, it's something that it, it just makes common sense to me. So make. perhaps that's perhaps what Stephanie's saying is, in fact, the answer. It's about not just the younger generation but it's the parents Parents, or the grandparents aunts and uncles and saying hey you know what if you're not providing that for my child at that school I'm taking my child out I mean because really you know what that's a monetary situation in a sense that we're impacting on them but it's also the yeah.
0: question, the other question that I asked one of my son's schools is, you know, why aren't you a member of the Safe Schools Coalition, which I yeah. think is, you know, why wouldn't you want to be? That's the big mm-hmm. question. Why and
2: wouldn't you want to be? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But
0: if you have a look at the list of schools that are members in Melbourne, it's surprisingly small. And it's, yeah. you know, and that's a disgrace because it's a it's a great, in, you know, incentive and, mm. There's no reason not to be. Who doesn't want a safe school? I've actually just been
2: learning about the Safe Schools Coalition and I love it. Um, So... What I have learned essentially is that um, it's an opt-in program. So if a school can um, request training, they can re- request education. They can request resources and tools. So it's a train-the-trainer program. So people <clears throat> come in, experts. They teach you. And again, it comes back to wanting to have the conversation, but not knowing how. So whether it be assisting your students um, who are got, who are coming out, um, who are transitioning um, across a massive spectrum, they know how, how to do it really well and they can teach you and so um, I just think it's absurd that more schools aren't getting around it and I think it's awesome that they exist so I, I take my hat off to them
3: So it's a matter of using our um, using our voices and asking the question And Charlie, would you feel comfortable going back to your old school
0: and having that conversation with them and asking them why they're not a member of the Safe Schools Coalition and what they're teaching in their sex ed classes? I'm
2: planning to do that. You do oh. that. You do that.
0: You, I'm
2: you, planning to do that very, very yeah, soon I think you
3: would be a great advocate for, for doing that sort of thing.
2: Look, and I'm really confident that they will be yeah totally cool with that
3: well then you're not going to take no for an answer I <laughs> say no, I <laughs> we've had a couple of other messages and I thank you for, for people for taking the time to uh, to uh, send the message in great show tonight really important topic really good to get the message out there about headspace and this is from Big bear mark he is um, host of the woods uh, that's on at 9 p.m. tonight and also uh, Monday morning breakfast. Uh, also from uh, Chris Stemerson, great show tonight. Interesting, informing and uplifting. Great work, stand-up straight team. Cheers, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And um, from Clayton again, schools are worried if they talk about GLBTI, they will get kickback from the parents. So we need parents to kick up a fuss to take to make it included that summed up what we're saying isn't yeah, it that's yeah that's right yeah so we need to uh we need to be more vocal we um we're nearly at the top of the hour i'm wondering what advice you would give to parents big question Ooh, it's a tough one i
1: think um both of you are doing a great job as yeah. parents and <laughs> i think we just awesome. need everyone to do the same as you it's all about and and Clayton is exactly right. That's what I was thinking. Schools don't place importance of it because they're worried about mm. what other parents are going to say and it's not worth it for them to go to those lengths because of the backlash that they mm. will probably receive because, you know, and the next generation, I think, because there'll be people like myself and Charlie, maybe as parents, <laughs> and I think that we'll be more open to these sorts of things. So it's it's all about, yeah, talking about it. Being educated, though, as well, and, mm. and wanting to be educated and being open to it, which is so important.
2: Yeah. And I also want to add that I had an incredibly positive experience coming out. My parents were both amazing. My mum actually popped a bottle of champagne when I came out. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it, it was incredible. And look, I'm very aware that I'm in the minority there. I'm very aware that for most people, for many people, it's not like that. Um, and But I, I think what it comes down to is my parents always made it clear to me, even though my dad was... Totally got gobsmacked. <laughs> um, he always made it clear to me that he was accepting of his gay friends. He- yeah. Yeah.
3: Do you know what it is? I, I think it's also about laying a foundation from when your children are tiny. Because mm-hmm. we don't know, you know, what what our, will happen with our children as they grow up. So even if nothing is ever raised, they know that their parents are cool. Even if they're gay or they're not gay, but they bring home somebody that is or their teacher is or anything like that, they just know that there's this general blanket rule that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. We're...
2: Yeah, oh, no, I just wanted to add that one of my close, my sister's closest friends is gay And my parents always showed unconditional love and mm. support to him uh, Just yeah. like they would for any other friend And that was a really positive thing for me
3: mm. Beautiful We're going to go for a quick break Come back and wrap up You're on Stand Up Straight
2: I'm
0: Dean Arcuri And when listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9 It's not about same same It's all about being different With Michelle on the mic
3: You are with Michelle, Stephanie, Charlie and Emma Nearly at the top of the hour What a fabulous wonderful inspirational couple you are (laughs) and I really really want to thank you you've been honest you've been very you've been frank you've been informative you're very articulate and I wish I was a minuscule amount of like you uh when (laughs) I was your age I think you're a credit to your parents and you're um you are amazing young people so um I want to thank you very much for coming in Tell us uh, if people want to go in those doors of Headspace or ring them or go on East... Espace, space headspace yes yep so what can they do where can they find out
1: the easiest way is to jump online to just google headspace mm-hmm. and your um there is an option there's a menu option and you can select your closest center you can mm-hmm. search via postcode as charlie said earlier there's around 85 86 centers throughout australia so there's quite a few so your best to go to the closest center so yep. if you just jump online you can google it and
2: and if you do live rurally, it can be hard i know with transport and everything to get to a center and that's why we have a headspace um you can call them on one eight hundred six 650 You'll also find that number on the, uh, on the Headspace website. And you can talk to a counsellor over the phone or on the computer and some people find that really helpful.
3: Well, um... I think we're pretty impressed, Stephanie. I'm very Our impressed. Our future is, in, is yep. looking bright yep. and sparkly, Absolutely. isn't it? I <laughs> do
2: want to add, though, that you ta- you say all these lovely things about us, but the reason why it's, we're able to do this is because of the people that have fought so long and hard for their rights before us, wow. and so I'm so thankful yeah. for that and that, we can, that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah,
3: that Absolutely. is the ultimate perfect way to finish <laughs> the program. <laughs> so thank you, Charlie and Emma, very much. I think you're both gorgeous. Up next, thank you, Stephanie, as well. Thank you, Michelle. Well done. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, and yeah, you're welcome been to been come back any time. <laughs> Up next are the guys from Spirit Lounge, uh, Claudine and Rachel. Leaving you with your weekly challenge, which I haven't given you for a while. What will you do this week to stimulate dialogue, create change, or encourage involvement? You've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9 with Michelle.
2: Been listening to a podcast of Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. For more, head to
1: joy.org.au forward slash stand up straight. And to check out our other amazing podcasts, head to joy.org.au forward slash podcasts. Don't forget to check out Joy's sponsor, audible.com.au forward slash Joy. Check out the website for special offers just for the Joy listener. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air